This is the Nick and Jules podcast. Jules, you're not in the studio. Hello. Surprise. That, I'm in a mystery location. Oh. I'm looking at a cutout of Daryl Braithwaite right now. Oh, so you're clearly in the props cupboard at Channel 9. <laughs> you know it. Is he on Channel 9? I think he's everywhere. I think that's, that's sort of awesome, Daryl's thing is he it doesn't say no because I think that's how he lives at the moment is he mm. just sort of rocks up to places from time to time and hopefully cuts a paycheck off the back end of it. Lives off royalties of horses sometimes. Did you know? So he was out. He's done a re- recently done a regional tour. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he's done a regional tour of Victoria. Oh, yes. And I was speaking to a girl that had gone and I was like, "You're she's 25. And I was like, Do, outside of horses, does he have a song that I don't know any other songs? One Summer he sings. How does that go, Jules? One Summer. Oh, I don't want to sing. <laughs> Matt, producer you Matt, said can you the, do it, said please? the one song. You've been <clears> a Oh, one summer, I'm on Oh, yeah, I do know that one. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you would because that was perfection. Isn't that bizarre that, that, that <laughs> actually know the exact, yeah, great. Well done, everybody. Um, <laughs> Jules, in fact, you're not in a props cupboard. You are far, 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 far north. I am in Queensland, baby. Yeah. I'm in the land of Bundaberg rum, Bundaberg. Okay, sorry, I thought you had to keep listing. Did she say that she was going to continue <laughs> listing Bundaberg things? But no, no, Bundaberg rum is pretty turtles. much it. That's yeah, about all they got. It's pretty, you know, it's just Bundaberg. Yeah. Um, how are you enjoying your time up there? You said you had a villa. It's a... good. Had a villa, had about three swims for the weekend. Nice. Um, went into a sauna. Was that just being, <laughs> that just called being in Bundaberg? <laughs> yeah, you went outside, <laughs> neat. Walked around in the blanket of humidity. That's been fun. Um, lots of eating, lots of drinking, lots of cheese plattering. It's been very good. How do you feel Monday morning getting up? Cause you had to get up earlier than usual for the show because of the time difference. Yep. 2.30 uh, <laughs> was super fun. Uh, Did I me. go to bed early last night? Not really. So and, uh, not what great. time are you getting back home tonight? 8 PM. Oh, that's yeah. a long day. So no, three we... flights today. Oh. Friday was two flights. So wait, so civilized. your Bundaberg to Sydney to Melbourne to Albury? Bundaberg to Brisbane, Brisbane to Sydney, Sydney to Albury. And the way there was uh, Albury to Brisbane, Brisbane to Bundy. It's mm. mm. a bit of, I've been everywhere, man. I've been mm. everywhere. So on the way there, I got to experience five hours of Brisbane's, Brisbane Airport. On the way back, I get to experience four hours of Sydney Airport. You said you were loosely looking forward to the Brisbane Airport. Is that Did that end up being I went shopping. Case? I went to the DFO. And oh, you did actually? I had like a carry-on bag with me. So I was, so I ended up finding friends there that were from Bundaberg, hung out with them for a bit. And they're like, we can hold on to your shopping and I'm, uh, we can hold on to your suitcase. And I'm like, no, nah, it'll be fine. Um, walking around, wasn't heavy anyway. And then I saw like a baggage locker. I was like, oh yeah, that'll be free or maybe a couple of bucks. Oh, $13. Yeah, no, airport will sting you for anything. It wasn't the airport. It was the like DFO thing that had a free shuttle to get there. Oh, well, it took like five minutes to get there. I think they're probably $13. assuming- they're, they're, but did you pay it? No, because I was yeah. only going to be there for like a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that probably makes sense. Uh, today on the show, we do talk about a surprise that happened whilst you were there. Mm-hmm. How Real good angry. is Peter at lying? Um, concerningly good. And but like, also, I was like, these are things that you would have said <laughs> yes to. These are lies that I feel like you're stupid enough to agree to. So it was completely on brand for him. I think he's. I think there's still room for improvement, though. If we are going to talk, because he got, it sounded like, and we'll you know you'll hear this in the podcast, but it, does, it sounded like he wasn't prepared for sort of follow up questions. Mm, oh, but no. the fact that he's got his mum sending this message that he made you then read, which all sounds like it was done on purpose. 
Oh, oh yeah, 100%. I didn't think about he was that. acting. That yeah. So that's good. very crafty to get mum involved to send you this message to really just tie in the fact. Oh, it's definitely this real thing. Yeah, wow. He, he typed out the message for his mum to send. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose you don't want to leave that up to chance, do you? As best yeah, you he can. put a lot of thought into it, which was quite cute, but cunning. Cute, <laughs> cunning. Like a fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah frankly. Peter the fox. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to become a thing. Oh, I might make it. Yeah. Worst things to be in life. Uh, that's good. We have that on the show. We talk about the worst first dates. We've actually just finished up talking about that in relation to how the show finishes, but uh, oh, there were some bad ones. Yeah. Ooh, Matt. Everyone, I feel like, has experienced one. Yes, Matt, have you got one? I don't know if we got one from you. No, I um, I haven't really gone on any bad first dates. I'm sure people that have gone on dates with me have had bad first oh, dates. You reckon you might be the <laughs> oh, story? Probably. I'm unhinged. I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't think that I make sense on a good day. So, I, uh, yeah, I imagine there's probably a few people that have gone, huh, he looks better from the neck up. Jules, is there any that you had, that you, like, just, well, not even first dates, but, like, bad, like, the, is that your worst date? And That the was my worst, worst date, date, the copying one. And it yeah. happened to be the first date as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no follow-up after yeah. that. No. I, um, I did go, when I was living in Gippsland, used, I went on a date with a girl, it was a second date, and mm. she dropped very liberal use of the N-word. Huh. Oh. Which, yeah. But, oh. like, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good. Yeah. Um, which is a very regional thing to not understand the power and importance of that word and to use it as a white person is crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, we're Jeez. definitely on, we're on different levels here. Mm, God. <laughs> Shout out to Amy. Oh, my Amy. stars. <laughs> well, her name was Amy, but it was spelt weirdly. So it was just easy to say. In my head, I always said Amy. Oh, it's, Amy. It's not, uh, uh, go any deeper into the spelling of that? No, in trouble. no, I couldn't, I couldn't even, if I wanted to, can't remember it. She, um, I, we broke up in a broke up. We probably dated for like six or seven weeks and I probably wasn't overly mature about ending things. You? <laughs> hey, I was 20. Oh, what, yeah. what 20 year old is mature I would have said that, that for you today. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had to break up with anyone in a long time. So let's just, you know, let we'll assess at the next yeah. time. I'll be there with a the clipboard. We'll see. Nick just, it's a B plus for empathy. <laughs> a plus for humor though. Yeah. It was a great dance. Probably unwarranted. But when great we, for the audience all involved, not I for the person. ended the seven up. week thing with Amy, she and her friends, I might've mentioned this to you two before, but um, because they were, there's not that much going on out there in the area that I was living in, in Gippsland. So everyone listens to the station. So whenever I did something on the station or on the socials, she and her friends would just tag each other and just like <laughs> rip me to shreds in the comments. Ah! Great. At the point we had to like block someone because I'm like, that's just actually mean. <laughs> oh, that sounds honestly kind of funny a little bit. Yeah, oh, and I, was, I remember thinking at the time, like, oh God, if this wasn't hurtful, I would be <laughs> laughing. <laughs> now looking back on it, I can go, hey me, you little dog, you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a bit cheeky, a bit naughty. Human garbage. Uh, as of the mo- at the moment, we are one hour and thirteen minutes away from the Super Bowl kicking off. Oh yes, you want to talk about Super Bowl experience? Nick. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, I was we, on the show. We talked about the betting odds, mm-hmm. uh, which I understand is wild. Probably the easiest way to talk sports with, at the very least, you, Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, are you more likely to become a professional gambler than you are a sports person? Do you think? Oh, and I don't gamble, so I, yeah, we, we don't have the money to gamble. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, that's still true. Um, but yes, Jules, I was saying this before, I had an experience. I was in America, I was in Hawaii for what I believe was the, I want to say the 2014 Super Bowl, yep. which is not overly important for the context, but I just want to you know, give you a year. So for sports <laughs> fans, there, guys. sports fans will know that was the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning's swan song, uh, up against Cam Newton's Carolina Panthers. Gosh, that okay. sounds so boring. Words, American but words. <laughs> I, I had, it was the most ex- American experience I've ever had because 
we were wandering around and I was like, I was aware the Super Bowl was on that day and it kicks off <laughs> uh, pretty heavily. Like they have, it's a big fanfare. And with the time difference, because it was hosted on the East Coast, it was like a lunchtime thing in Hawaii. Mm. Fun. I said to dad, oh, dad, I'd really like to watch it. I think this would be a fun time. Can we find like a pub to watch it at or something? Have lunch and watch the game. We're like, yeah, cool. We went, uh, we went to, what's the most American place you can think of to watch a sports game? Denny's? Wendy's? Think Cedia. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. I have no idea. Hooters. Oh, you oh. went to Hooters? <laughs> went to Hooters with my dad and oh, my, at the boys, time, boys, boys. 15 or 16-year-old brother, maybe. <laughs> Hooters for the uninitiated, the unacquainted, is a uh, really uh, first-class five-star establishment, three <laughs> Michelin stars, and three. many pairs of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Real booby bar. Yeah. Uh, I don't think my dad was aware of the reputation, <gasps> Oh, which is fine. Like for me as a, as a, I would have been 18 or 19. I was like, this is the best. Mm. And genuinely I'm adamant that it, the food there is actually pretty yum. Really? There's lots going on. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun Do to be had there. the chefs wear clothes? The chefs are generally sweaty. <laughs> uh, if I, I don't want to be rude. The, from what I've seen of most of the restaurants, a lot of the chefs in America in fast food establishments tend to be. <laughs> That's not an offensive way of saying they're not intentionally they're, back of house. They're, gro- they're, they're, they're gross men that belong there for a reason. Intentionally back of house is a really nice way to frame that, Jules. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, no, it's the waitresses that are the uh, ones wearing very short shorts, very tight shirts. I had a fun time. Uh, we're watching the game. They do what's called stadium seating at these things, where so it's, say it's like a table for four, but I was there with my dad and my brother. There's just three. And they say, well, hey, it's stadium seating. So if we need to fill this with just a single person, can we? And we're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so you have a random to join you. Yeah. And so we, about half an hour before the game, there's no one there. We're like, this is going to be a great experience. Just the three of us. Here we go. Boobs galore. Balls galore. Chicken wings <laughs> out the wazoo. Uh, we meet, meet Bill from Missouri. Wow. Bill, this old guy, I'd put him in his fifties or sixties. Rockstar was like, do you mind if I sit here? We're like, yeah, no, go for your life. Bill is a uh, nuclear submarine technician tycoon. <gasps> oh, that sounds like there's some money in the old nuclear submarines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was telling us all this, like, these lavish stories of his life and stuff. And truly a very interesting guy for the most part. Uh, and to the point where when we left, we'd been eating and drinking for a couple of hours. So we'd amassed a bit of a bill. Not like crazy, like thousands of dollars, but like a few hundred. And Bill's like, no, this, you're, 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 you're on your vacation. You're having a holiday. Uh, you've been, you've been indulging me. It's on me. And so he paid wow. for it, comped it all, which was lovely. Throughout the lunch though, Bill had really established himself as quite clearly a bit of an old pervert. <laughs> oh no. Oh neat. With a lot of the comments that he had been making. And then whenever, um, a waitress turned around to like walk away and go serve another table, he would like pull out his phone and snap a pic of their butt. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is, this doesn't feel. <laughs> I don't want to associate with this guy. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I feel like loudly saying, Bill, it's so interesting to meet you for the first time, having never met before <laughs> yeah, and associated yeah. in our lives. Wow. I guess that yeah. explains why he's sitting alone. Well, it made it very clear. We were like, yeah, and he was like divorced, which was, was like, that makes sense. Surprise. That is not a, that is not a shock to you. It was a great time. Um, we America, America, great, great American time. I'm gonna go get out of here after this. We'll have our 10:30 meeting, and I'll go watch mm. the game and eat some food. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, we talk Super Bowl. We also have oh Charlie Pickering. Oh, what a man! What a delight! Wasn't he just good? You said you had some jokes to them before we took him to air. Oh, we were just you know laughing. Tell us like, the jokes, Matt. Oh, yes. he said he was happy to be here, and I said that's funny. I almost believed you. <laughs> <laughs> 
content. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> no. should have recorded it. Should start your own radio show. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt and Charlie. Oh, Been there, done that. Actually, no, that would be actually super entertaining to do a show with like a proper comedian like that. Yeah. Like a, no, that just, level. Just a show of what Matt does on the phone. And uh, a just bit genuinely humor. good conversation just, with people. We just record Matt's phone calls. <laughs> Not even just <laughs> with celebrities. Matt's yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt's line. One side only. Short yeah, show, but... Uh, <laughs> The show, show. yeah, um, and then also we talk about my Batman job interview. Yeah, that's oh, so cool. God. I it's like that that peek behind the curtain into movie world and what sort of stuff happens. Because well, it's so interesting. Because you just don't. Someone has like obviously there has to be a job interview process for these things. Like they're not just someone that rocks up and gets those jobs. One would assume not. Like any job in the world, all the cool ones. You go, oh well, how do how do you get that? I used to. I remember thinking that of radio when I was like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you get on radio? You What's just have the to be. Path? You just have to be a celebrity and they give it to you. Mm. Turns out you can be on air and be no one. (laughs) (laughs) And be completely undeserving of it. But you can still be there. That's it. You've changed the world. And you can be a Batman. Because the thing is, it's not about the man. It's about the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the famous line? (laughs) I'm not just a man. I'm a bat. (laughs) And then they do their their echolocation. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's what it sounds like. You did such a good job of a bat doing echolocation. Sona might sound like, and then I realized I just made a really weird, soft, pretty sound. Oh Oh my god, is there a dolphin around? Well, that's in my head. That's what a whale might go because they go dong. No, that's a submarine that I'm thinking. (laughs) They go dong. No, a submarine Uh, does the. You know the noise? Yeah, I do know of the noise, but I don't know if it's relevant to the sonar. Jules, you do a submarine noise. Oh, she almost did. You almost got it. Uh oh, submarine coming through. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get through all that um, Atlantic (laughs) Ocean traffic. (laughs) Jeez, guys, get off the step on the gas. (laughs) Bloody roadworks again. Oh, God. And you know what? The amount of trash in the ocean, man, it really feels like there is. Oh, wow. Thanks, Debbie Downer. Glad you brought that in. <laughs> Did you know that 50% of our ocean is plastic? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Me misremembering a stat that I heard once. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of that. Apparently, there's like a big island in the middle of one of the oceans that's just Trash garbage. island, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know that classic childhood story, Treasure Island? Yeah. It's a lot shittier in real life. <laughs> yeah. It's way less magical. Yeah. Way less buried. Well, still treasure. One man's trash is another man's treasure. That's I mean, right. if you take it literally, yeah. Um, where is, do you know where Trash Island is? Um, I think it is somewhere in the Pacific, floating around. Jules, you are going to fly over the Pacific. <laughs> that's fun. I don't think that's how flying works. <laughs> well, no. Is not is that the ocean? That's that's one of our oceans, correct? Yes, but flying all the routes she will be going will not be crossing the I ocean. I think that would take, because Bundy's oh, be ocean adjacent. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they take over a little... Just do a scenic route. Yeah, they take off across ocean a little bit. You need to open Google Maps and have a look. No, I think you need to understand how flights work, (laughs) because they do take off over the ocean. Well, if we get the bad Qantas flights, which they have been having recently with the engine loops and failures and all that sort of stuff, maybe I will end up over an ocean. (laughs) Or in it. Just do a little bit of... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Just bring everyone's attention. We are going to be making an emergency landing on on Trash Island. (laughs) Like, oh, there's that pair of thongs I lost. Oh, just the one, though. Just the one still broken. That's nice. Um, plenty of other not trash, but treasure on today's podcast. Beautiful. Everybody Hopefully enjoy see you on the other side. <laughs> we are kicking off today, but kicking off at 10.30 this morning. Oh. At 10.30 yeah. this morning is the Super Bowl, the American Super Bowl, the uh, NFL Grand Final, if you will. 
Ah, yes. You're into your American footy, aren't you? Yeah, love it. Big fan. Uh, I've played it for a few years. Don't anymore because it's a violent, violent, deadly sport. But (laughs) I'm happy to watch other people have a crack at it. And today, whether you're watching the game or not, there's there's something for everyone today. So if you like the game, you've got the game. But maybe you're watching it for the ads. Famously, it costs, yes. you know, tens of millions of dollars to get yourself a 30-second spot there. People get excited for the previews of the ads. This is how big this thing becomes. Yeah, they release trailers for the ads leading up, which is insanity. <laughs> yeah. um, you might want to watch it for the halftime show because we've got Rihanna this year. Rihanna, which is crazy. <sighs> how cool. Some people, a lot of people watch it for the gambling. And, of course, always gamble responsibly. But some of them are really funny things you can bet on because they, they, they love a bet in America. Oh, so these are like novelty bets? These are the novelty bets, the prop bets, all the little funny intricacies where you go, oh, I'd love to bet on that. So some of the smaller ones that you can bet on, you can bet on the gum that the uh, coaches are chewing on throughout the game, (laughs) the color. How can you tell? Oh, okay. I was like, how do I know what brand is in his mouth? Open wide. I don't know if they they go into brands, but they do close-ups on the mouth and they go, yeah, that's that's red, that's blue, that's Mm. green. There we go. Um, (laughs) Famously, the team that wins will dump their Gatorade onto their coach at the end of the game. Oh, yep. I'm in celebration. You can bet on the color of the Gatorade. Um, <laughs> you Ridiculous. Al- um, you can also bet on the length of the anthem. Sorry, that's the party rock anthem. You can bet on um, you can bet on the length of the American anthem. That's uh, at a dollar eighty-seven to be either over or under two minutes and seven seconds. This is outrageous. Okay, so no solos for those that want the short ones. Yeah, so you'd be you'd be hoping for yeah, just the one person to just business like get in and mm. out. You don't yep. want a Mariah Carey doing the and the home of the brave for about five minutes. Ooh, Mariah, there is potential. Down. Um, you can also bet on the first celebrity they show during the broadcast, Jules. Because so many celebs go to these games. It's a star-studded oh, event off the, the field crowds. as well. In the crowds. Okay. Um, right. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, is favorited at $1.20. For cannot... being uh, spotted in the crowds. First person they show on camera, correct? Right. Um, yep. Bradley Cooper, the actor, he's at $1.25. Paul Rudd, $1.37. Paul Rudd, famously a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's one of the teams in it. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian, though, if you're keeping oh, up with yeah. her, she's at 3 bucks. And then a big favourite of ours here on the station here at Hit is Pink. She's at $3.75. Oh, she's a busy woman. Has she got time to go to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I feel like they probably get comped everything. So I imagine that oh, they're not yeah. overly worried about it. Um, mm. But one of the things I'm looking forward to outside of the game today is the halftime show. Jules, Rihanna is going to be at the halftime show. Um, you've got some incredible things you can bet on for Rihanna. Her, her first song, favourited to be the first song today at $1.50, is uh, her one with Drake, What's My Name. <laughs> It's a good one to open with. I think so. She's got like 17 minutes or something to fit her entire discography in there. Yeah. You can bet on how many songs she's going to do. Oh, right. Yep. Like $1.20 if she does uh, under nine and a half songs. If she does <laughs> over nine and a half songs. Oh, right. She's got to do Umbrella, surely. That's, that's a classic. That's in the, uh, you know, $15 if she plays Diamonds. Yeah. But if you want to just bet on her outfit, Jules, because oh, they always have yes. incredible outfits at the Super Bowl. Right, um, right, right. What, what are we? What are the terms here? Well, favorited for her outfit is black, and to be either a black outfit or mm. a red outfit, you put win yourself a dollar ninety cents for every dollar you put down there. What Gold, happens though, if she wears black and red? A bit of a combo. I imagine they probably pay out both. I suppose. 
They'd have to. I don't They'd have to. I don't bet on these myself. I just I just sit back and I go, well, you know, I maybe maybe I like the odds of her wearing gold because that's ten bucks. Mm, nice ten dollar. That'd be nice. Sunnies though, a dollar fifty if she wears sunnies on stage. Oh my god. god! Make yourself some cash there, everybody. Gamble responsibly. Of course, gamble as responsibly <laughs> as you can. Right now, joined on the line by one team captain, one half of the competitors from Would I Lie to You season two. Kicks off Monday night. That's tonight, February 13 at 8.30 p.m. on 10 and 10 play. That's later. And we have him right now. Charlie Pickering, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are yep. excited to see season two. Uh, obviously, we saw your season one as a guest appearance. Is it exciting to get the call up to be a captain? Obviously, there's a bit of weight on your shoulders there. Yeah, a lot more responsibility now. I have to lie. Well, at least eight times, eight more times than I did last time. Sure. <laughs> That's a lot of lying. But um, look, it's actually just great fun, and and like, this has always been one of my favourite shows. I'm such a fan of the English version of the show, so to get the chance to be a team captain on the Aussie version is awesome. I love it, Charlie. It's such a cool show where you're essentially lying your butt off without being caught out and having to outsmart each other's wits. Um, do you have? Do you find that you need to live more of an extravagant life to come up with these things and have not much of a difference between a truth and a lie? <laughs> Uh, do you know, it's quite funny, like, there. what I've found doing this show is stories about the tiniest little things mm. in life end up being the most difficult ones to tell if they're true or not. There is one in this season, I tell the story about a system that I use drying myself, getting out of the shower, right. involving three towels <laughs> and... No one in the room could tell if I, it was a lie or I was just insane. No one could tell at all. And I'm not telling you now. No, You're going to have to watch the show to find out. But it genuinely, people could not tell. And that was just about towels. So you don't have to be super extravagant. You don't have to be an international man of mystery to have some good lies to tell. I'm sort of working it backwards in my head to see where the three towels would fit in. Because I can understand two, because you want one for your bits and then one for everything else. But the third, that's a wild card. So we're... Keen to see that one later in the season. Look, Charlie, you've headed up a lot of shows across Australia over the years, and you've done some actual, you know, the the serious storytelling as well. Do you think that you've got a good BS radar at this point? My radar's not too bad, although in this season we had a couple of politicians on. We had Jackie right. Lambie on, and also Christopher Pine was <laughs> on. And I have to tell you, that it was impossible for me to tell if they were telling the truth or a lie. Is that a good sign for a politician, do you think? (laughs) Yeah, it's terrifying for democracy. I think that's true. But it's (laughs) um, look, I think they just have this skill that they have honed and honed, unlike anyone else, which is they are full of it. And uh, they use it pretty well. And I'm happy for them to do it in the safe environment of would I lie to you, um, where there's (laughs) nothing real at stake. Yeah, that's right. Putting your journalism experience to work, Charlie. Um, I'm curious to know, how have you prepared with funny man uh, Frank Woodley? He is your opposing team captain. Have you done any bonding in the lead up to this experience in season two? Well, we have been friends for years because, I mean, we both started in stand-up comedy, although he started well before I did and was a legend of comedy before I even stepped on the stage. But, of course. Um, and he actually was a correspondent on my other show, The Weekly, on ABC, Wednesday nights, 8.30. Right. And, um, and, uh, and so, like, we're, we're very close, but it's amazing. 
getting into this environment where we're competitively trying to fool each other. Mm. And it occurred to me that I don't know him at all, really, and that he is one of the better liars I've ever come across in my life. And it really, like, it changed the way I look at him. I suppose you you do want to have a good competitive side to the show, but you also just don't want your friends to be a deceitful, lying piece of garbage, do you? (laughs) That's exactly right. But that's the best thing about this show. It's all good fun. So it's like people can be deceitful and lying and, and, and almost hurtful, but then because it's a game and it's over in an hour... Yep. It actually is just good fun. So it's almost you can get like, away with anything. That's right. And it'd be good if, if like everyone could just keep their lying to would I lie to you and then they could just tell the truth in every other part of their lives. I think that'd be a nice way to operate. Join throughout the season, we've got Pete Rosethorn, Luke McGregor, and Miff Warhurst amongst others. Uh, obviously got some pollies in there as well, which is great. Does obviously you know, you're all funny people and you're all there to have fun. Does the competitive element kick in? Is that you know, is it there animosity behind the scenes there with trying to win? One hundred percent. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> like, seriously competitive stuff. Um, I mean, I'm naturally really, really competitive, and so I, if I feel like someone is lying to me, and and I'm onto them, I will try to tear them apart. I become like, I become like a, a courtroom lawyer. I'm like Atticus Finch into Kill a Mockingbird. I, I just I get way too into it, cross examining them thinking that I'm onto something, but it's incredible how often I'm wrong. So <laughs> Just imagine but, Charlie but on like, all fours on the table. Tell me if you're lying. You can't handle the truth style situation. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Excellent. Charlie, we are very excited to see Would I Lie to You season two premieres tonight at 8.30pm on 10 and 10 play. We are at the moment, because we haven't spoken to Frank yet, we are very firmly in team Charlie. Uh, mm-hmm. All the best for this evening and may the best team win. Well, you know, that Frank guy is an absolute liar. Jules, there's going to be some first dates that happen tomorrow, like it or not. Oh, worst first dates. That is the question that we are asking. We've shared ours. We want yours on 131060. Yeah, you've had someone that was copying your every move and was just being no conversation about him whatsoever. No. I dated a work colleague of yours uh, who only ate avocado and then also (laughs) refused to order stuff off the menu if it didn't have avocado and would just watch me eat. Avocado is a delicious food, but yeah, I think that might be going a bit too far. I, I agree. Um, shout out to Monique. I definitely know you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones right now. 131060, Mal from Bendigo. Tell us, what was your worst first date? Okay, so I was 18 and I went on a first date with a guy that I met at schoolies. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, good, yeah, good so start. So it starts off great. Um, so we went to a pub just for some drinks, as you do when you're that age and um yeah obviously i was only 18 he was a little bit older so he was the one paying for drinks and stuff nice of course you got it and um so he gets a phone call i noticed he'd been on his phone a bit and he says to me that um his ex-girlfriend who he's apparently remained friends with is having a lot of troubles with her boyfriend at the moment oh, and she no. was wondering Jesus. if she can come hang out with us. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, obviously you said no to that. Um, well, when he, for him to even ask that, I had already pretty much mentally given up on the date and I yeah, thought, yeah. okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity to just make new friends and get more free drinks from him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, seeing on the positive so side of it. Very opportunistic now. I continued on with the date and yeah. eventually he was just, you know, he had work the next day, so he went home and I continued to, 
you know, go out on the town after that to uh, to eventually meet my, well, now father of my children. So it kind of worked what? out in the end. So <laughs> you're glad you went on the terrible first date? Well, if I hadn't, have, I yeah, I wouldn't have met the father of my children. I wouldn't have my kids. So <laughs> I wouldn't what? have the same kids, yeah. <laughs> when one door closes, another one opens is the moral of that story there. That's beautiful. And uh, That's shout out to the that ex-girlfriend. I hope she's doing heaps better at the moment. That sounds like a rough one. Thanks for the call, Mel. Let's go 131060. Keep those calls coming in, by the way. Your worst first date. Julian from Wodonga. Tell us, bud, what was your worst first date? When I was about 14, I was living in Benio. Um, I met a girl at the um, ice skating rink. Yep. And uh, I've never been before. <laughs> I was out there not even five minutes to break my ankle. <gasps> oh, Julian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you see her again? Uh, no, I didn't. I spent six weeks in a plaster and because um, I didn't know you had to do them up really tight. No one told me. Oh, yeah, so to prevent your ankle from snapping as soon as you sort of roll it. Yeah. Went out there, thought I was showing off, you know. <laughs> Up until the break, the, the break, though, was it going okay, or was that really just a bit of a mood dampener? Oh, it was more of a balanced thing than snap. So, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh my well, god, Julian, hey, we appreciate the call, mate. No Nick, I was uh, reunited with my partner. We've been doing long distance uh, mm. on the weekend. Did a quick uh, commute up to Queensland. Nice. And um, it was an interesting way to spend the weekend because it started all with a lie. Oh. Yep. Peter, he's, um, he planned a bit of a sneaky, sneaky lie. But, uh, you know, it worked out very well in his favour. So- Sorry, I've just realised I'm playing sexy music when I should. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Sorry, he's lied. He <laughs> has lied. He's lied, Nick. I'd been up since 3.30 doing this show of ours and travelled on two flights. I got in around 8.30pm on Friday, so it'd been a long day. That's huge. He picks me up from the airport and he gets a text from his mum. And he's like, hey, he was driving. He's like, hey, can you check it for me? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing sensible things, not looking at his phone. And I read it out to him. It says, oh, hi, Peter. I'm so sorry for the late notice. The lady's address is, insert address, sure. thanks so much again, love mum. And I was like, mm. Peter, what is this? What's this lady's address? What's what what's going on in this text? And he goes, oh, yeah, mum said um, that I need to pick up a chair from a lady on Marketplace on the other side of the town. And I'm like, right now, right now, when all I want to do is go to bed. He said, yeah, unfortunately, it's the only time they were available and I've got the ute. Mum doesn't have a ute, so I need to go and pick it up. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Could you have not planned this on another time? Well, Why it sounds, did- it's, his, it's his mum to be angry at, not Peter. Give Peter no. a break here. Well, we were getting, Nick, I was getting to the list of names I was angry at. So I'm getting angry at the boyfriend for saying yes in the first place. Sure. I'm getting angry at for the mum for not thinking what about Jules wanting to go to sleep immediately after this long day? Well, I'll let you know where you stand within the family, but that's... that's (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm throwing anger towards this person at Marketplace that has a chair up for sale that lives on the other side of town that apparently needs to go to at 8.40pm on a Friday night. Jules, it must be a good chair. It must be. So we're driving all the way to the other side of town. I'm muttering under my breath. My eyes are half closing. I'm furious. Sure. And Peter's throwing in, oh, yeah, I haven't even had dinner yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? What do you, I'm just so furious mm. that I don't see. Take me back to the airport. Closed. I don't want to be here. I was furious. I was closing my eyes the whole time. Didn't want to open it. Didn't even have the energy to glare at him for what he'd been doing. So I don't realize that the car stopped and we're outside this sort of like a dark ferned off area. And he's taking my bag. Ferned off? 
there are lots of fans around, Nick. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's not a term. I didn't. I mean, in Queensland, it's different. They obviously don't have fences. <laughs> sure. Lots of palm trees. And he's taking my bags out. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we'll just come this way. I'm like, why do you need to take my bags out to see this lady and get this chair? Do we need it for like a night over? And I'm following him around. I'm like, get my bags back here. And turns out he has booked for the entire weekend this holiday home style villa and he has covered it with rose petals and chocolates and Valentine's Day S things and he pulls out a rose and says, Will you accept this rose bachelor style? I'm like Wow. Oh my God. It's a good lie. A very good lie. I look like an absolute fool throwing a few <laughs> angry words towards his family and this imaginary marketplace person that didn't exist. But I have to say, had no idea it was coming. Yeah, that's a good that's a good lie. It's a good lie to end in something nicer. Um, it's a real shame that you were a bit of a POS about it. Um, so did you at the end of it, obviously you, you and Peter had some time to, you know, quote unquote, sort of catch up, so to speak. We did. Um, we did, did you, indeed. Um, did you... Go get the chair, or was that completely made up as well? Oh, no, that was completely made up yeah, person, absolutely. That's really, really ruined the weekend. We're asking 131060, what excuse did you use to get out of work? Because Jules, Tom Cruise has dropped an absolute banger to try and get out of filming something. Yes, no Mission Impossible filming for him for one day, because he's got better things to do. He's been invited to the King's coronation, so he's pressed pause. What a great excuse to get out of work. Yeah, you would do that. I've used the excuse of a colonoscopy to get out of work when I was working at an optometry. That to, go, way... to go to a Batman job into, like, we need to talk about that later. Yeah, yes, I wanted to, I had an audition to be Batman at Movie World on the Gold Coast. Well, yeah, maybe we should talk about that. That was a bit of a weird day. But let's go to the phones right now. 131060, Jake from Ballarat. Mate, what excuse did you use to get out of work? I'm absolutely not proud of this, guys. I said that my grandma passed away. And if you've ever told a lie or, you know, something long-term, it is extremely hard to bring up, especially when, you know, you're going, oh, it's my grandma's birthday this weekend. Oh, no, it's not my grandma's birthday this weekend. I'm not proud of it. I'll never do it again. And I call myself up in a lot of trouble, a lot of backstories. Uh, and I'm ashamed about it, guys. Yeah. So were you trying to but get out of? It. Were you trying to get out of just like the one day, and was saying that that was the day of the funeral? What was? The, what were you trying to get out of? Just like one, like how long of work, I suppose. Well, we had an absolutely stacked week, and I was looking at the calendar on on Sunday night. And I just went, "Oh my goodness, I don't know if I can be here for this week. There's too much going on." So, uh, I pulled probably the biggest lie I've ever pulled. Um, and thank goodness, I really hope no one from my old workplace is there. This is probably when I was about 17, 18. I was working a casual job, so uh, I managed to get out of it for about a week. But uh, never again will I tell a lie that big. <laughs> oh my God. Were there follow-up questions pretty intense? Like you have to spreadsheet it and write notes for yourself to remember? Not really. I was sort of, I've, well, I do have a terrible memory if I'm being totally honest, but I can, <laughs> a lot of the time I can remember what lie I've told, but that's the hardest part is trying to keep it going for the next, yes. you know, six months, 12 months, because people are going, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss and all oh, your, your parents must be devastated. And all yeah. That. And, Don't you know, invite grandma to uh, the work function. <laughs> That'd be a little <laughs> bit confusing that. for them. <laughs> Not good, guys. I'll never do it again. I appreciate the call, Jake. Thanks, mate. Awesome, guys. Have a great day. Let's keep those phone calls coming. Amy from Mildura, what excuse did you use? Uh, the start of November, and I'd already put my three weeks' time in for um, Christmas. Okay. And I thought, oh, no, I want another week off. <laughs> so I knew that my boss was not going to give me a week off, and I had to think of a really good excuse. So as I'm writing down the reasons on the um, the form that I was going to give him... Sure. 
I just, I wasn't even thinking. So I just wrote, oh, I'll just write funeral. <laughs> Anticipate a death. Yes. And I was like, oh, yep, that's, that's going to be so good. He can't say anything to that. Anyway, as I'm walking up to give him the sheet, I've realised I've just used an excuse for a funeral for four weeks in advance. Like, how am I going to even be able to explain that? Uh, Oh, my God. As I've given him him the paper, I've, like, quickly retracted it back, and I said, oh, oh, I I have to change the dates. I think I wrote the wrong date. Yeah. Oh, my God. To to preempt a funeral. Did you have a lie planned, Amy, for whose funeral it was going to be? No, I actually didn't think that far. Right. Well, yeah. How did the boss react like, when the paper was handed over? Oh, he was a bit shocked because he knew that I'd already taken time off and he knew that this was going to be more time off. But I just think back to it like, what if I had actually given him that paper? Oh, I don't oh, know. How right. would I even explain that? Did you end up getting using a different excuse to then get the time off, Ames? Um, yes, I did. <laughs> are you, are you um, still at the place? Do you want to say what that excuse was? <laughs> Uh, so I just said that I had a relative that was um, very, very sick. Yeah, yeah right. and they might have a funeral in four weeks as Potentially, well. Potentially, yeah. So it's good to plan ahead. <laughs> Amy, yeah. thank you so much for the call. Nick, uh, earlier we were talking about excuses of getting out of work when you don't want to do something and you come up with a bit of a lie. Mm. Um, you happen to drop... This bombshell. I used to work at an optometry a few years back. I told them that I had to go get a colonoscopy. <laughs> but in, in reality, it was so that I could go, because I had an audition to become Batman at Movie World on the Gold Coast. Mm. What? How did you just casually drop that into conversation, Nick? So I, I know I it's need... hard to believe, but I worked at an optometry, guys. That's crazy. <laughs> and you had a fake colonoscopy. No, the thing yeah. that got me is you auditioned for Batman? What? Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing a radio show up in Queensland and then during COVID, uh, not to bore everyone with the ins and outs of the radio industry, but our show got canned and I had to, I had to stay up there because the borders were shut still. Right. So I had to establish a life. I was living on the Gold Coast with my now ex-girlfriend, but I got an audition to, while I was working the optometry, I got an audition to be Batman at the theme park there, Movie World. So just the person that puts the costume on and goes around and does like pretend fighting, drives the Batmobile and just has a... Wow. By the looks of things, a great time. Did you have to do the voice for it as well, well? <laughs> or did it, was it just an unspoken Batman? So it was, and I was a spoken Batman. When you do the audition, they make you learn. They go, "Here's a monologue. I want you to prepare this monologue and deliver it in the audition." Right. And um, so I, I did the monologue, but I did it with the Christian Bale uh, Batman voice. I'm Batman. So I remember oh. saying, "In Gotham City here today." Blah, 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 blah. The Joker and his thugs and that sort of stuff. And I did How the. How long did you have to talk like that for? It's about a minute of it. I had a month to prepare for the audition and it was a minute of monologue. Yeah. So it wasn't an awfully long amount to remember, but mm. I did I did the monologue and I did it. And after I finished doing, and that's why we're, here, we're safe today because of me or something like mm. that, um, the, the people, the directors and all the people that were auditioning me said, hey, we tend not to do, we prefer you don't do the Christian Bale voice because it tends oh. to scare kids. Oh. So, so you probably hurt your throat in the oh, process. I had the worst throat in the world. You think radio is bad because we talk for three hours a day <laughs> nonstop? But no, Batman will absolutely decimate you. And they go, wow. "Okay, well, what do you want me to say?" They go, "Could you just do vaguely American?" It's like, oh. "Yeah, I can try," but it wasn't anywhere near as good. I was thrown. Right, so they they gave you another shot, but you weren't prepared for that because you all. were chowing down strepsils. Jeez, ah, throat was so actually. How- how did you find out about the job in the first place? Did someone oh, approach you? No, they Were adver- you finding a flyer? They advertise on Seek. They throw the ad- really? they, they very <laughs> casually advertise for these things. But the thing is, they go, 
you need to be this very specific requirement. So you need to be six foot. I'm like, oh, check, I've got that. And then you need to be a certain build. I'm like, all right, check that. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, you've got to be clean shaven. And this was the most annoying thing because obviously I'm on air right now, so therefore I didn't get the Batman job. Yes. But I shaved off my beard. It's the only time I've in my adult life shaved my beard. Mm-hmm. And I remember shaving it and I was like, oh, God, this sucks, but it'll be worth it if I'm Batman. And then I got the email to say, hey, don't bother coming back. We thought Batman sucked. Oh, no. I thought, oh, right. Uh, I'm just yes, a baby with the face colonoscopy uh, procedure, they have to shave uh, there as well, right? Yeah, well, they, they put the camera in that deep. It starts at the <laughs> mouth and it goes all the way down. Nick, I uh, was chatting to a friend of mine who made a massive mistake um, to do with giving her partner a Valentine's Day card. Now, tomorrow is a very loved-up day, so sure. there might be a few exchanges of these cards. This is a pro tip of what not to do, like okay. my friend Kerry. Is it, to, is it to write the wrong name? Because I can imagine that's going to turn some heads. Oh, it was so much worse, Nick. So, oh, all uh, right. Kerry was shopping around. Um, she happened to see like a red and white coloured card in the card aisle where, you know, all the Valentine's Day cards were. Yep. Seemed like a pretty safe bet. This is going to be a Valentine's Day card. Uh, it was one of those ones, yeah, where it was wrapped in, in the plastic. They're the, they're the more expensive ones, aren't they? Well, that's nice to know that her love is that, you know, that grand that she felt <laughs> the need to splurge for the premium card. <laughs> now, usually with the plastic ones, you can't actually open the card inside to see what the message says. But Can you not? You... That feels like a real gamble or a dice roll about how loved up the message could be. Well, this is the thing, right? You can turn the card over and you usually can see where it, a little inscription that says, message inside, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. all my love, happy Valentine's Day. Um... Kerry didn't check what the message said inside. She thought, safe bet, red and white card. It's in the Valentine's Day section. So she gives it to her partner and he opens it up and it says, Merry Christmas. Mm. <laughs> I understand <laughs> the red and the white is the same. Partner was very no. confused. Uh, <laughs> did, she, she, did she open up to the mistake or did she just try to play it off being like, I know I haven't seen you for the last three yeah, months. Yeah. No, she was full blaming the store. She was like, well, it was in the Valentine's Day section of the cards. I don't understand why the Christmas cards are still displayed at this time of year. I don't disagree with why a Christmas card is still being displayed, but I don't know if you can... Like, it's the card aisle. It's not the Valentine's Day card aisle. It's just cards in general. No, no, it was the, it was the red section. So oh, she no, was no, full... It's not colour categorised by Roy G. Biv. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, she should have checked. The only she thing that... really should have, and she ended up taking the card back off him and said, I'll hold on to this to, for Christmas. So she no, handed it to him, the Christmas just gone, just learning about this now, delivered to him and said, finally, here's the card you never would have expected for Christmas. Yeah, the only way it could have been worse is if it had been a condolences card and he had been like, <gasps> well... Who Sorry for your loss. Jeez, I didn't know, Dad had, didn't know Dad had kicked it. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.